You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura. Well, Laura, here we are, episode two of Supporting Sibs. Here we are. Here we are. Well, so I think the first episode went well, don't you? Oh, yeah. I was I was really pleased. We got, I mean, from our circle of family and friends, the some of the nicest comments and, um, mm-hmm. you know, both on Facebook and directly, you know, you got in some really nice texts. Any of those I that did. you want to share? Or, I don't have it in front of me, but boy, what, uh, you know, a special shout out to uh, Kim Shu. Who's who's just been he's she's been part of our family for such a long time and has yep. done so much and boy her words uh, really really got me welled up so shout out yeah. to Kim Shu and everyone that <clears throat> listened and gave feedback my good friend Jamie McCavanaugh, uh many others uh, it's it's very much appreciated and we're excited on this new journey we've undertaken and and really uh, beginning to get some vision and excitement you know yeah it's been you know I was really really pleased with you know the the feedback and again like you from so many friends um you know some good friends that I work with um just sending me text messages and saying you know how it was so inspiring and they they were so moved by our our stories and I don't like using the word stories because it sounds false you know it sounds like we're telling a story um, but we're just sharing our life experiences and, um, it just, you know, I appreciate all of the positive feedback and, and keep listening, you know, and sharing with someone, um, who may be inspired, who may need to, or, you know, there's maybe some friends or family that, you know, um, that may need some, you know, encouragement, um, and just want to, um, you know, spread this around because we just really feel like that this was something that we were both kind of simultaneously called to do, which was cool. Yeah. Like I had said, I mean, even around the time that, that mom passed, I, I, I wasn't sure what it was and I, I never really thought it was going to be, you know, a podcast per se. Um, but you know, I've always had, you know, my visions, and dreams are, are usually really large. They're really big <laughs> and sometimes have to, you know, kind of come back to reality and start a little bit smaller. And this is something that I've been doing a year myself with my show, Music City Metal. Little plug there if you're a metalhead. <laughs> and um, I've done some work with uh, the chief of police here in Mount Juliet and did some inspiring stuff. But that being said, you know, where, where I'm at now, I've gotten uh, pretty well and got some wonderful new tools to get uh, high quality production and uh, so far so good, I think. And now you're sporting a new headset. Well, I should take a yeah. screenshot and Instagram that. I cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went and got a headset to try to improve the quality since we are doing this. Uh, 750 miles apart. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, sometimes cell phone quality isn't the best quality. So bought a headset, hoping that this makes a difference somewhat in the sound. I'm hoping. Yeah. And, uh, the next segment, um, we have a couple things to do today. We, uh, well, I guess incorporated just a, a, a 
couple of new things on the show, and one of them is called the music moment. I mean, we just uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of heavy subjects. Uh, some of them that are definitely, um, I guess, tear jerkers in a way, and a lot of, of of emotion behind it. But at the same time, I feel uh, how to make people laugh, helping people laugh because laughter mm-hmm. gives you strength. And right. I think our new segment called the Music Moment, which we're going to come up uh, and do that segment right after this. Uh, so what we have decided to do is you pick a song. Mm-hmm. And uh, force me to listen to it. <laughs> and I pick a song, and uh, we both give each other our thoughts. Yeah. And, uh, so I think we're going to switch it up here. I didn't. Uh, what tonight? We're just going to do the two songs. We're going to do the one you picked, and then uh, the one that uh, I picked. We'll get a little review on that. I know this has nothing to do with uh, siblings and kind of that's the point of this we also want to share just a minute of laughter with you all hopefully we'll see how this goes but generally speaking when laura and i talk music it's funny <laughs> it's, it's yeah. um yeah it's yeah. pretty interesting our our diverse likes and um it's, it's very opposite. <laughs> it couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> yes, yes. But we do have we do have this what what I call crossover. Yes. And there's a bunch of stuff that we both like, and it's generally from the '80s when we were growing up and coming of age, and a lot of yeah. memories there. So we're going to alternate, and I'm going to pick something from the heavy metal or hard rock category, and oh, I, I don't know. You're gonna. Um, <laughs> What did we pick today? Devil music? <laughs> yeah, it would be country. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Like I said. And this uh, is so ironic. You live in Nashville. How can you not have been affected by the culture there? I don't well, get it. A lot of pretend cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the pop culture country that's, that's yeah. invaded the, the true country music fans. It's kind of, you know, exploded, yeah. but that's a whole nother... Yeah, whatever. Whole other topic. <laughs> well, we're gonna it's gonna take a quick break and introduce you to Patreon and a way to help support this podcast and uh, meet some of our visions and goals that we have. So check this uh, little segment out about Patreon.com and visit our site. It's Patreon.com forward slash support sibs. I say we jump into the grief portion of the episode, Mm -hmm. the main reason why we're here. I want you to share some of the research that you found or the lack thereof online Mm -hmm. about siblings and, uh, you know, individuals with disabilities and especially in the autism spectrum where, uh, how they grieve and all that. So, um, we also have a couple of clips of, uh, some sound bites of John John and we'll get into that in a little while, but, why don't you go ahead and share what uh, what you found digging in and uh, about, about grief and some of your observations as a as a teacher as well? Yeah, so um, you know what I, I just did some you know not like really heavy research, but I did some um, you know some searching on the computer to see if I could find anything that was 
Um, you know, was, was there any kind of, you know, psychological studies that were done or any kind of longevity studies? And um, I, amazingly, um, you know, most of what I found was um, articles that were written by people who have autism, um, maybe high functioning, you know, the, on the spectrum. Um, and, and so, you know, they really just talked about their emotions through it all. But one of the things that I did find, um, and I kind of wanted to read here, um, and I thought this was very, very interesting, um, you know, that, let me just pull it up here. Um, it is from uh, an article, and it's from, I'm going to quote a, um, a doctor, Barbara Becker-Cattrill, and it says that she's the former executive director of the West Virginia Autism Training Center Center at Marshall University. Um, and she's a member of the Autism Society of the American Panel of Professional Advisors. She's board certified as a behavioral analysis. And she says there is very little research in this area. Suggestions for helping individuals with autism spectrum disorder understand and cope with death are available. But empirical literature is scarce. Since all individuals with autism spectrum disorder will face bereavement in their lives, this is an area that deserves more research attention, particularly focused on strategies and interventions. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot there. So when I was searching for these journal articles, I was really coming up very short. What I was coming up with were the typical um, clinical approach to grief um, and the grief process, um, you know, and the stages of grief and all that kind of thing. But what I was really looking for was an individual with a disability, how do they grieve? You know, I mean, I can tell you personal experiences with John John and even Billy, um, you know, and it's, I think, in some ways, um, way more intense because they kind of sometimes lack that um, uh, ability to, you know, rationalize the process of, of, the gr of grief you know, and, and not recognize the stage that they're in. So um, I think it's a little bit more difficult for them, to be honest with you. Um, and, and they don't, you know, maybe aren't, aren't realizing or recognizing that they are maybe in the, in the anger phase or maybe they're, maybe they're depressed a little bit. Um, and, it, and so I think they rely on the people around them much more to kind of um, get them through it. And, and, in some ways, that's very similar to us. I mean, there are days when, you know, I just might need a hug from someone because I'm missing mom or dad. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things I noticed with John John was this is very interesting this past week. He, you know, calls me and, and, and he says the same thing to me all the time. Mom and I had this discussion years ago when he would do the same thing with dad mm -hmm. um, is that he... Uh, you know, says the same types of things. And with me, it's, I miss our parents and our loved ones. Um, and, and, you know, you and I have mentioned where, you know, we, there are some days where you just don't want to deal with it. You just don't want to, you, you just might not want to talk about it that particular day. I don't want to always think about it. Sometimes I need to put it out of my mind for a little while and not think about it, but it's very hard to do because John's calling and reminding me on a daily basis. Right. So this particular day, I just, you know, kind of, 
again, it was, you know, keep in mind, this is a daily conversation and it's, I miss our parents and loved ones. And I I just said, "Mm mm-hmm. And he said, and he said, you know, I miss them. And I said, John, what is it that you want me to say? And he said, say me too. Uh, So, you you know, I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. He has done that with me as well. Mm -hmm. There have been times where he must have heard this from all of us and where we'd say, John, don't be sad. John, don't yeah, be sad. Yeah, yeah. And right. um, one thing that, that changed with me, and I think uh, I would like to encourage anybody to do this that is uh, suffering grief. And it, and it normally our, our initial idea is that we're going to be grieving about, about the, the death of a loved one, which, you know, primarily is, uh, is that's what we're talking about with John John. Our dad passed in uh, March of 92. Mom just passed in March of 2018. So it's really recent. And, and again, that's what we're talking about and how John has been, you know, rationalizes it. But there has been times where he calls me and he's like, don't be sad. And um, I took a, a, a grief class a, a couple of years ago. And this was through um, Vanderbilt University. And mm-hmm. it was, wasn't just about grieving, you know, how to handle the grief of, of the loss of a loved one, but also the loss of, I mean, with, uh, I have a chronic medical condition. I don't want to get into all that, but it has <clears throat> over the last several years limited me in many ways, what I'm able to do physically, how it's affected me mentally with chronic pain and all that. So the goal was to understand grief and grieve the loss of what I can't do anymore that I used to be able to do. I mean, uh, 20 years ago, I was tossing my speakers around and bending over. And, you know, just right now, it's difficult for me to be on my feet more than a few hours. So it was an interesting thing and a very enlightening thing for myself. And I'm not saying that that's a solution for anyone, but to go and understand the clinical stages of grief I know affected me and how I have been grieving mom. I guess you're more, I have been more aware, more aware of where I'm at and also reflected on dad that I got stuck in the quote anger phase for a long time, a very long Mm -hmm. time and couldn't get past that, I guess, because I really wasn't aware of it. And sadly it, um, it fueled some, it fueled substance abuse for me. It was, uh, wasn't the cause, but it fueled it. And I think understanding that as a sibling, and uh, uh, I wanted to mention uh, Shruti Taquandi, who did a webinar the other night, and again, just talking about not just the grief and loss as in death, but also grieving the process for us as siblings of, of the loss of a quote, normal relationship. And uh, right. to think of it that way uh, is really interesting, but I I, uh, I I would encourage anyone that is having those kind of feelings to look and see what's in your local area and look into some classes and, and taking about grief and some support groups just for that. Um, but getting back to John John in, de- in dealing with uh, grief and loss on death, um, we have actually at times withheld information from him. Yeah. Um, 
on on some people that have passed because his his intention to call the person and you know we did I can't think of anyone in particular that we've recently done it well we've done it and uh, just to because John becomes so focused on that I guess right I mean what's well a couple of dads um, aunts just passed away recently and I did not tell him um, you know Aunt Scotty passed away um, not too long ago I can't like you know I think back in June um, and Aunt Helen was about a year and a half ago or so, and I did not tell him um, because the impact of that is just sometimes, you know, again, it's just so difficult for him to process it sometimes. And like you said, he, he means well to try to, you know, maybe call the person or whatever, and, and sometimes it just comes off more as, almost an obsession with them, you know, and it, it, it just might think make things a little bit more difficult. And, um, it reopens a lot of, of things for him too, you know, and there's a lot of things he doesn't understand about the death process that, um, you know, he gets very, um, for lack of better terminology, kind of gets freaked out at what happens to a person's body after they die. Yeah. Um, he has a real hard time understanding cremation, you know, and, and it just kind of, again, for lack of better language, it kind of freaks him out, you know, and, um, you know, he understands he has a very strong faith. We all do about where our spiritual body goes. Um, but the physical body, he has a real hard time understanding the, the process of death for a body. So, um, I think a lot of that, you know, plays into his grief as well. Because he'll ask you very, you know, um, I, I don't want to say bizarre questions, but, you know, do you remember when dad died? He kept asking if dad's eyes were black. Oh, yeah. You know, yes, you know, I do, I, do their that. eyes turn black and what color is their skin now and those kinds of things. So I'm sure he probably has seen, you know, probably something that has scared him or freaked him out. And so that's what he, he grabbed on to, you know, yeah. so it, it just gets really um he, get, he just has a hard time with it. And so, you know, one of the other things I found, too, and I, I, I didn't bookmark this article very well, and that was my fault when I was doing my research. Um, so I can't, I, I, I feel bad that I can't give proper credit, but I just want to say these are definitely not my words, and I can try to find the link while, you know, I'm talking to you. But um, one of the articles that I read was, uh, written by a, a woman that has very high functioning autism. And um, she said that the emotions of death are very difficult and, you know, that emotions are, are, are very strong. So in other words, to quote her, she says, when I feel sad, weeping can be uncontrollable. When I'm angry, it can be hard to contain the rage. Yet in some of the worst times of my life, it's like a switch goes off. And I'm able to be much calmer than others. This goes back even in my childhood and teen years and medical crises, especially this seems to be true. The problem with this I've learned over the years is that this calmness is deceptive. It's a mark of an emotional overload, which will come out one way or another, sometimes with a great delay. So we've always said that John has a very big delayed reaction when it comes to, um, you know, processing the initial shock of death. And that, that really struck me. Those words really struck me because 
it was like reading about him, you know, and when we told him dad died, um, you know, do you remember what he did? No, I don't. I don't remember that. Uh, that's a little foggy to me, but, uh, again, we actually have a soundbite, uh, something we did with mom, but tell me about, uh, tell me that because I, I, I don't remember. So we had, you know, dad died very early in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning. And John was, again, we did not take him up to the hospital. Mom, you know, just didn't think it was going to be good for him to see, for, you know, for John to see the, the process of dad dying. Yeah. Um, and, and so when we got home, it was probably what, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and you know, John had just gotten up and, and mom, we were, you, mom and myself were sitting at mom's kitchen table and John came downstairs and she said, John, dad passed away. And he said, okay. And there was a three second pause and he kind of looked at all of us and said, I have to go do my paper because he had a paper word at the uh, time. Yeah. And, it just and he just, bounced. it just was, yeah, he just bounced right off of it. And we were all kind of like, okay, like that was, but at that moment, mom was like, let him go, let him go do his normal routine. But you know, the delayed reaction happens and it's like, you know, all I could picture when I read those words was it's just too much for an individual with autism because they feel so much more, their feelings are so much more intense. Yes. So it's like that emotional overload and they just shut it off, but it will come back out later, you know, and that is so true when Which it comes it to John John. John. Yeah, because, it sure did. <laughs> I mean, it evolved very quickly into into a pattern which uh again anyone out there that's a professional listening to this it really would be um i think beneficial to have a study done i don't it, you said you could not i, I mean the, the possibility is there that we just didn't couldn't find it but we could not find any anything that mm-hmm. that uh like a clinical mm-hmm. research specifically on autism uh, and how how they deal with grief, or if it's different, do they even understand the the stages of grief and things like that? But John evolved into the pattern of uh, the time you mentioned. You know the time. It was a certain time of the night, and like a light mm-hmm. switch, it went on, and he mm-hmm. cried. And I mean, he sobbed. He sobbed. Yep. And then, like a light switch, it 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 went off as quick as it came back. And I used to see that like sometimes with him and, and my personal response to it would be, boy, I, I, I wish I could turn it off. And when it was off, it was off. He did, he never mentioned mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were mm-hmm. times that, you know, I was, I spent years ruminating about what could have been different and, you know, uh, the doctor situation and that whole story and, and really got stuck in that phase. But interestingly enough, John, John, he listened to dad's, listened to the funeral, which was recorded mm-hmm. and then would call. It was, uh, it would, and it was, I mean, you could set your watch to the time. What'd you say? It was like 10 after six. 10 after six. Ten it after was, six, you know, yeah. six, 10. I don't know what I, 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 you know, I, for a long time, mom used to say she thought it was because dad died at like six thirty in the morning, you know? And, um, she thought maybe that had some correlation, um, you know, that, that at the time, but after kind of crying John one time and, you know, I, this was quite some years ago 
we were all like, what, what, what was it about that specific time? And it was when dad used to watch game shows with them, oh, you know, and, possible, and yeah. yeah, he would watch game shows and they would, you know, and, and so he says, I miss dad watching game shows with me. You know, it was just something that John really enjoyed, which, you know, dad would watch whatever game shows were on. And of course, seven to, seven to eight o'clock is real fortune in jeopardy, right. you know? So I just think that it just, you know, that was the time that I think he was maybe had the best memories was after dinner and maybe dad would sit down with them. Yeah. Well, he doesn't seem to zero in on a time with mom, um, you know, but he's still on a daily basis, you know, has to say to me, I miss mom. I miss our parents and loved ones. And, right. you know, again, it's just that he's looking for that, that response. And, you know, as many individuals know, or as many people know that individuals with autism, sometimes the, the, the conversation is a very almost rehearsed one and it's a script, you know, sometimes it's a very scripted conversation. If they don't get the answers of here, the things they want to hear, they will persist, you know, until they hear the routine answer. And mom used to say that all the time. I, sometimes I think it's just a routine with him. You know, so that's why I asked him, what do you want to hear from me when you say these things? And he said, say me too. So now very, you know, I don't want to say robotically, like I don't feel, but I know he has to hear the phrase me too, you know? And so that's what I say to him now, me too. I miss mom too, you know, it isn't, you know, but then he, then he, he hit the, the next statements are usually, but she's in a better place. And we have to be strong, you know. And so those are all the things that we've said to him over the past year and a half with mom and the past 27 years with dad, you know. Yeah. So those are the things that he um, has, that he's grabbed onto and he's repeating, which is good because it's a form of self-soothing, you know. And so he kind of just muddles through this in his own way, but it's a daily thing for John where, you know, not to sound, as time goes on when you, lose a loved one, it does get easier. But there, everybody's going to have their days, you know. And uh, to be honest, you know, yesterday I had a real tough day. I missed mom an awful lot. There are sometimes I just wish I could pick that phone up and give her a call and share something with her. It's just hard. It's really hard. And, um, you know, but the next day it maybe isn't so bad, but there are days it's just hard. And, for John, it's every single day, you know, and he laughs and he jokes and he's happy to be with his family, but um, it's a daily, daily conversation with him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I can say that I changed a little bit, I was, I would say to him, John, don't be sad, be happy, you know, remember yeah. the nice times, remember this, remember when dad did this with you. And right. I started saying to him, Recently, I think it was within a few months after mom passed. And I would say, you know what, John, John, he, or he would say, like, try to prompt, don't be sad. You know, that's what he would say, be crying. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, John. And he's like, don't be sad. And one day, just out of my mouth, it came out and I just said, John, John, it's okay to be sad. You're going to be sad (laughs) about this. Be sad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, but you have to understand that sometimes I can't be sad when you're sad. Mm-hmm. And today's one of them days where I just can't be sad about mom. 
You know, I've got, mm-hmm. you know, the, I have some things going on and, and it's not part of my mind, but it's okay for you to be sad, but understand that uh, today I can't. And I love yeah. you. And, and it was interesting. It actually, you know, okay. I think he was surprised. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so I've done that a few times. He called me the other day and that's what we're going to do after this segment break. We're going to come back and uh, we have uh, a couple, uh, two sound bites to play. And one of them is a little bit intense. And, um, I had this, uh, I just had this urge in the pit of my stomach when it was time to give John, John the news about mom to record it. And I knew that there would be a reason why, I, I think at the time my vision for it would be, was to, uh, uh work on this uh, campaign to take John John to see Pacific time and also at the same time kind of study how he grieves well I've saved this audio and we are we are going to play uh um the clip the original this is a real recording of the moment at Mercy Hospital uh when when we told John that mom passed and again some of the things the points that you brought off brought I'm sorry brought up uh, exactly fall in line again with what happened with mom mm-hmm. and a couple of interesting responses. And then, uh, we're going to play, uh, a story. Uh, I recorded a phone call. Well, you and I will kind of give the basis of the story. And I have a clip here of, uh, John, John telling just an amazing story. And this, uh, kind of is tied to grief in the way, uh, in, in a way, but this, uh, this will, will touch your spirit and just show how pure John is, how unmaterialistic he is and how the simplest of things bring him joy too. And it's, it's, I can't wait to share that part, but, uh, check out, we're going to again, visit patreon.com forward slash support sibs and our first, uh, use of the funds that, that we get from your grateful, uh, subscription is to sponsor Laura to come down to the TABS conference here at Vanderbilt. My godson, Vince, uh, is alumni of Vanderbilt. That's coming up on the weekend of uh, Veterans Day, and it's a one-day conference. And there's some really interesting things going on there. I hope we're able to attend all of us and uh, talking about self-care. Yeah, I'd like to, the, the I'd like to get thing. down there. Yeah. I definitely would like to get down there for that conference. And it just so happens to be uh, Veterans Day weekend, so it's a it's a long weekend for me, so I don't. It wouldn't be too quick of a turnaround to make sure I can get back to work um, for my students. So, well, let's uh, let's reach out to our listeners, let them have a listen to how to get to Patreon and become a subscriber and what you'll get. But uh, we'll be right back after this with uh, some great sound bites of our brother John John. We invite you to visit patreon.com slash support sibs and support the podcast with a five or ten dollar monthly subscription. You'll get exclusive access to the full episode one day earlier, along with the bonus segment Musical Mayhem, access to the full unedited show with all the funny outtakes and bloopers. Again, that's patreon.com slash support sibs. Let's, uh, we'll play this segment of, uh, of us telling John and you had it together there, you know, and the teacher kind of came out (laughs) in you perfectly at that moment because I had a hard time 
doing it without getting emotional and how I said it to him again, wasn't the best way. And immediately you corrected that. I'm, it's you know, okay. I jumped in. And, it's uh, okay. It was but, just, we had just been through, you know, some pretty intense stuff. So, yeah, but you know, and it was, it was pretty rough. Well, here it is. Let's, uh, let's listen to this and then we'll talk about it uh, after. This is March 6th, 2018 at Mercy Hospital. Mom's home, John. Mom's in heaven. She's heaven. She died? She did. Did. Where? Here. Oh, no. It's okay. It was very peaceful. She's with Dad. Mom died? She, she one This morning? About 11 o'clock this morning. Where put her body? It's in we, the room. We waited for you so you, you could say goodbye, in, okay? You can come in and say goodbye to her. Okay. Okay. All right. It's okay. Okay. Do you want to cry first? No. No? You don't want to cry? I did. You did. John took her home? She did. Yeah. Okay. No body now, John. She's in a better place. She can breathe. She's not in any pain. That's good news. Yeah. Yeah. She did. John, John, they did everything they could to try to help her. You know? It was just, she was too tired. And her body just has had enough. Was Uncle Marty? They're all in there. Every, Uncle Marty, Uncle Larry, all the kids. I wanted to bring you in here first and tell you the sad news. What happened? <clears throat> she, she just stopped, stopped breathing. Very peacefully listening. You know what she was listening to? Well, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace? Mm-hmm. You know what else we pray? Her play? Press on. Press on. Mm-hmm. It's well with, our, well with your soul. Mm-hmm. I played a wedding party song, One More Night. It was very nice. Okay. Okay. You want to go see her? Yeah. Okay, Jack. 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 Okay,
oh, I don't know, I'm not even getting this out right. I guess I should have done this before. But there are times that I can tell you I am not going to be politically correct. And a lot of people possibly will think that that's very strange that we recorded that. But I knew at that moment that, um, I mean, our family's extraordinary in many ways. And I just, I had a gut feeling to do it and I did it. And I'm glad I did because now we're talking about it. Uh, to the whole planet and right at this moment there is no doubt that someone is out there that uh, is going through the same thing that we are and we want you to reach out to us we have a, an email address a not so typical at gmail.com we also own supporting siblings.com but have not assigned that to a website yet again we'll, we'll get to that but I think, uh, you know, that was kind of a heavy thing to do. And I, I, I want to, what do you say we jump into the uplifting story? You want to kind of lead in to what we're going to yeah. share? And uh, Yeah, you know, it was, that was a, it was a really hard time because this was. This was after dad. You know, that, that was, yeah, yeah. But, you know, just my comment real quick on that, you know, soundbite with John. Um you know, keep in mind, I think one of the things to focus on, too, is that was mine mine and your first role as now stepping in to be his caretaker and it to be, you know, mom and dad were both gone now. And um, so it was the new realization that you and I had to be, you know, kind of link hands and, you know, just be there for him. And I'm choking back tears here because it was... Um, it was just a, it was just a, um, it was a pivotal moment, you know, in many ways for, for many reasons, but, you know, so I, I don't want to, again, don't, we don't want to bring anybody down. We want to bring you, you know, joy and encouragement. So shortly after dad died, um, you know, many of our circle of friends, you know, you know that my mom, when she was with the organization that she co-founded with my dad and two other couples was Agape Parent Fellowship. When um, Frank Reich, who is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, go Colts. Go Colts. Yeah. <laughs> go Colts. Um, uh, Frank was a Buffalo Bill at the time. He was the backup quarterback for Jim Kelly. And Frank Reich um, kind of took Agape on as his charity and helped raise money and tried to accomplish some of the visions and goals that Agape had for uh, supporting families, but primarily parents um, who had children with disabilities. And so he had um, really developed a great relationship with many of the, the children in Agape. Oh, um, so awesome. He's so, just so amazing. Stories, I yeah. mean, just, yeah, just, I mean, just, just gave of himself and just gave um, his time and just, he brought so much joy to the families and especially to the, to the many children that were serviced through Agape, um, whether they had Down syndrome, autism, developmental disabilities, physical disabilities, you name it. Um, they were just brought, they just had so much joy brought to them just because of Frank's presence. And he has definitely proven through the years to be a very, um, commanding presence and he is a very um, genuine gentleman and a um, st 
strong Christian and just a tremendous leader. Um, so it's no surprise that he's a head coach these days. Mm. Um, but, but John, John and him had developed quite a relationship. Um, and mom, you know, because dad had, you know, died, John was with mom a lot. And if Frank and Linda were at board meetings, John probably was there. Um, so Frank, uh, called mom and John's birthday is May 18th and said, she, you know, Frank wanted to take John out for his birthday. So he picked John up and took him to Pizza Hut for lunch over on um, McKinley and Miles Strip near the McKinley Mall. Um, and then right after that, across the street was Toys R Us. It yeah. is now no no longer there. No longer um, there. But you know what I want to do is I'm going to let John John deliver the punchline on this and then we'll wrap with, yeah. you know, some of the details, because it was one of them moments I, I, uh, John and I talked the other day and I, I got him to talk about this and let's hear that moment from him. And then we'll jump back in and fill in with, you know, because John, John was giving me one word answers basically. Uh, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> a man of not so many uh, words. <laughs> yes, Yeah. Especially when you're asking questions and, you know, yeah. but, but it's okay. So let's check this out because it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing that shares uh, who John is in his spirit. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so here it is. This is a phone call with John, John, and I just a few days ago, September 25th, uh, 2019. Remember how I said that, what did I tell you, Laura and I were, were doing? The radio show? A pod- radio show. Podcast? Podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it's about? About me. About you and all four of us, actually. About Billy, too. About Billy, too, yeah. Okay, so so we're Laura and I are going to do this episode, and we're going to talk about grief. Do you remember what grief is? Lost somebody. Right. Sad when you lost somebody. So, tell me the story of the time that you were, it wasn't long after dad died. Yeah. And who used to come visit you all the time from the Bills? Frank Wright. That's right. And what, what did he do? Tell that story of the day he came over um, and you were sad about dad. Dad had just died yeah. a few months before that, right? Yeah. What did Frank do? Took me out to lunch. And? Took me to Toys R Us. And what did he say to you? Did I have anything you want? Mm-hmm. I picked out a States puzzle. You picked out a United States puzzle. Yeah. What a story, John. And that yeah. that story makes you I mean, I've always known it to make you happy. And it was just, yeah. that's a really cool thing. No bike, yeah. no computer, no TV. Got a United States puzzle. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah, I know you do. 
He did a lot of nice things for you. He still does. Yeah. He's always been nice to you. Been good. Treated. Loved you. But it's a I love him too a whole lot. Yeah. Well, he's busy right now winning football games. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice story about me. It sure <laughs> is, John. <laughs> you know. Uh, there it is. Oh, he's so precious. I mean, gosh, <clears throat> when I hear that, I, I well up. I mean, yeah. I mean, didn't Frank say that he he didn't care if he filled up fifty carts? Yeah, he took him into Toys R Us and told him, John, you can pick out anything you want, anything at all, as much as you want, anything you want. And you know, Frank told Mom his his words were. Most people, if you give them a green like that, green light like that in Toys R Us, they would, you know, just fill the cart. And the only thing John picked out, the only thing he picked out, the only thing he wanted was a puzzle of the United States. And it cost about $2.50. And And Frank said he he was prepared to spend 10 10 grand. He would have. And not not He said he would have just. Yeah, and, I wish you would and ask he would have to go to Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, can I go to a Jaguar yeah. lot? I'm just saying. I don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sad too, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a Jaguar would, you know, really help. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so what just is that to show that John is just, you know, he doesn't, you know, I, I, the simplest things, and I think more that day. It was about the companionship and the, and Frank showing that he cared. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that anybody that's going through any kind of grief, you know, when you show somebody that you care, you don't have to go with lavish gifts and you don't have to um, spend thousands of dollars on them. You just have to give them your time and show them that you care. And Frank did that amazingly that day. And it was just, it was a precious, precious gift for John that day because, you know, he just, that was his good buddy. It's still to this day, John still calls Frank Wright probably <laughs> at least, at least once a month, maybe more. Frank says that they get the calls come in spurts. Yeah, um, but just yeah. recently, as a matter of fact, the Indianapolis Colts played the Buffalo Bills during uh, preseason and I was able to go to the game, John, myself, my son, Christopher, and I actually took one of my former students. He has now graduated. His name is Zachary. He's a big Bills fan and a big football fan. He has autism as well. And as a matter of fact, Zachary plays football, um, or played football, I should say, when he was in school. Um, and um, so Frank and Linda very graciously um, got us field passes. So we got to go down on the sidelines um, and and get a couple pictures with Frank. He was very busy. Um, you know, he was obviously coaching a team, uh, so he couldn't spend a whole lot of time with us. But just the, and that's perfectly okay. The experience of what John once again got to you know have that day was amazing. And every year, um, the athletes in action breakfast comes to Buffalo. And every year I every take John and every year without fail, when everybody is eating breakfast, Frank makes a point to come over to John's table. Um, and when I tell you that there are probably at least a thousand people at this event, um, 
and Frank does not have time to go around and greet everybody, but he absolutely makes a point to come and give John a hug and, and hello. And um, now that he's a head coach, his time is a little bit more um, scheduled. Um, so, you know, afterwards he has a lot of press to speak to. So sometimes we don't get to, you know, chat with him afterwards. But um, when he's not in football season and he's not coaching, he always makes time for John at some point. And he's just a, a genuine friend to him. And we're just so grateful for that because it just means a lot to him. And, and um, I think that it, you know, those little glimmers of, um, you know, rays of sunshine for John really help him get through. Yeah, it did. And, uh, I mean, that story just, it, it touches me because it just shows the purity of John's spirit and the lack of materialism. And it's not things at all um, that, right. that make him happy. It's, compan- like you said, it's companionship. And as we wrap up, uh, I think uh, another great episode, uh, I have a little surprise segment that uh, I want to do, which uh, is not on the agenda that you have in front of you. <clears throat> last minute idea and whether or not this adds up on the cutting room floor or whatever, but we're going to roll with it. Um, let's, uh, I, I mean, we started to say thank you to some, uh, family and friends and I'm going to start naming some names who have been there for John over this last year in an amazing way. Caitlin Protzman, our niece and the, and the Protzman family, uh, mm-hmm. uncle Larry, uncle Marty, they, he takes phone calls from him. Uncle Larry's, uh, taking them in Susie Swantex, taking them in several twice, mm-hmm. uncle Larry taking them fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so many people Where who are some of the other ones that have come out and taken them to dinner and Kim and, Shue has uh, taken them out to dinner. Um, Nancy, a girl I work with, Nancy, uh, Schmidt, she has, um, gone to bingo with him, gone to his house and taken his dog for a walk with him. John has therapy dogs. Yeah, Sarah, um, yeah. and Sarah, she's a beautiful, uh, pure white, great Pyrenees. Um, and someday we'll tell the story about how that all happened. Um, yeah. but John has an autism therapy dog. And, um, so, you know, some people at work that have just been encouraging and loving and just, um, there have been some times my principal has been tremendous about letting me bring John for special events at school. Um, Thanksgiving celebrations and our school, our class picnic and all those kind of things. So, um, they've, it's just, you know, to know that the family and friends that have just come through and been there for all of us and been there for John has just been tremendous because it really has made all the difference. Oh, it's made a big difference. I mean, uh, I mean, comparing to to dad and now it's been amazing. And thank you to everyone from the bottom of our hearts. And, if we've uh, missed any names, I apologize. Um, right. Did I say Kim Shu and her taking John out? She's been Kim Shu's oh, taking oh, John yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God she's bless another Kim one who has been taken. Yeah, she's taken oh, John out for dinner. Caitlin takes him out for ice cream and yeah, um, yeah. So the the um, thank you for listening to this episode. Please share it with everybody. Uh, we would love it to start getting some some reviews, honest reviews. We're not asking for five stars and two thumbs up. Give us your honest feedback. Uh, we our goal. You we have uh, about six weeks 
from the date of launch, which was last week, to become one of the featured podcasts on Apple Podcasts. And if that happens, that would be just amazing. Um, and that goes by your content and a bump in listeners. So that would be wonderful. And our first goal on the Patreon website is to get some sponsorship for Laura to, Laura to attend the conference with us down here in Nashville, November 9th, I believe it is. And that's the it Tennessee is, yeah. Adult Brothers. They call it TABS, Tennessee Adult Brothers and Sisters. And then after that, uh, we, I have officially given the name of the campaign to take John John out west. And I, the, the last person I want to thank is Jason Protzman. Uh, he has offered to fund John John's plane ticket to California. Now, we've had uh, conversations about this, and it looks like we know that for sure we are going to be able to get John to see Pacific time. Our goal is uh, late winter when it's time, you know, good time to get out of Buffalo. Time for us to plan this. But uh, coming up on our next show or before the next show, we're going to have a full list of, of the cities that John wants to visit. And we're just going to do the fundraising and tiers. Uh, we know we can get basically out to California, which he would see Pacific time. And uh, But the goal, John had a really cool list. And we'll uh, I'm going to put that picture up on Instagram uh, when this episode posts, it's just adorable. But the official name of that is uh, John John Needs the World and All the World Needs Little John John. And it, and there's going to be a multifaceted goal with this of not just the, the joy that he's going to get to visit these time zones. Um, but our goal is also to give back whatever city we visit stop into a soup kitchen and, and, uh, because when he comes here, he serves the homeless with uh, sanctuary, uh, the sanctuary homeless refuge. He often goes with me downtown to, to serve and his, his level of compassion and love for, you know, is just amazing. And, uh, you know, one of the things he does too, you know, he's always giving here in the Buffalo community, um, uh, part of his day hab that he does is something called Operation Good Neighbor. Um, and he goes to nursing homes in the area and visits with the elderly. Um, yes. He delivers meals on wheels. Um, yeah, he loves it. Yeah. And on Fridays, he goes to the Salvation Army and he absolutely loves it. And he stocks shelves and he's absolutely loving it. So much of John's life on a day to day basis is that he gives to the community. Um, very, you know, under the radar and low key. It's nothing that, you know, is going to make the top news story on channel, you know, two, four or seven news here locally in Buffalo. But every day of his life, John does something to give of himself. And it's just, you know, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, when much is given, much is expected. So, um, it's just a good way for him to, to give back. Right. Right, and that's the goal uh, along the way. I mean, these list of cities that he has. He has Phoenix and Houston, Dallas, Las Vegas, um, Los Angeles, Seattle, Portland, yeah. Anchorage. and uh, But we know we're at least, we are going to get him, uh, thanks to Jason and some other uh, radio personalities, we are going to get him to California this winter. But the goal is to raise money for him to see all the cities. And every city we go to, we're going to do something. And and uh, I think it's a way to help he heal 
I mean, his his kindness and love is contagious, and uh, I, that's uh, it'd be like a mutually beneficial thing. So we'll get into that later. But wow, what an episode! Uh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, your thoughts, closing thoughts before we wrap up with uh, our segment of the week? Um, I've given it a name, but, uh, you know, I think that, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about just real quick, and I don't want to negate Billy in this whole process or yes. any other individual yeah, Billy's name right in front of me here. Yeah. Yeah. Any other individual that has Billy has a much more severe, you know, cognitive impairment. Um, so we kind of touched base on that a little bit last week with, you know, the fact that Billy is kind of like a, you know, a perpetual toddler. He just, his, you know, mental age or his functioning age is probably somewhere around 18 months to two years old. And it'll never get any better than that for him. Um, so, you know, Billy, you know, grieves too. And so I don't want anybody to think when you, you know, t- what you take away from this is that even individuals that you think aren't, maybe wouldn't be able to understand, you know, maybe they're, you know, you kind of would look at them and think, oh, well, they don't understand. And, and I, I can't disagree with that statement enough because mom used to say, you know, their, their spirit inside is very whole and alive. Maybe their physical body or their mental body is, um, impaired in some way. It's disabled, but inside their spirit is, 100% 100% functioning and pure. So, you know, Billy that. misses mom's absence. Um, he asks for her a lot. Um, and, and he, um, you know, I mean, do you remember when, when dad passed away? Um, when we took Billy oh, into the yeah. funeral home? I remember home? that moment and, uh, very, very well. So yeah, it's really hard to know. Yeah. He, it's he hard to know to like what he reached out a yep. finger and he put his finger, I don't know, on dad's body somewhere and he yanked it back. Yep. And Billy, uh, went down, went and sat in the funeral home and he, he just, he wept. He so, did. Uh, and, um, which didn't happen with dad, but it did happen with, with mom, mom. And, you know, and I'm thinking, well, this no, no, is no, one. you're reversed. I'm that, sorry. Larry. It did, you know, with dad where he went up and touched that. Don't, you don't remember that part with dad? No, 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 I do. I'm saying he, you're, what you said was it didn't happen with dad. Oh, it I'm happened sorry. with mom. Yeah, it my was bad. Yeah. yeah. Freudian slip. But, <laughs> you know, he was a lot younger then. He's had a lot of seizures. He's aged. And, and he, mm-hmm. he reacted a little differently. Like, I don't know if he, we weren't sure that he recognized her, but um, he definitely did with dad. And he went and sat yeah. and cried. Yeah. And, uh, and it like was. He knew he had a look on his face that I had never seen yeah. before. Right. It was a very, um, you know, so I know that Billy is missing mom's presence. He asked for her often. So, you know, I guess if there's one thing I could encourage is to know that deep down any individual, no matter how oblivious you think they may be, they're not. I know they're not. Uh, You know, look into someone's eyes and you can see their their spiritual inner body and it's aware and so, you know, maybe just a little more comfort and a little more encouragement might be needed for them, um, you know, because they grieve too. And they, 
they will miss an, the presence of someone and, and they probably won't understand to the capacity that, you know, you and I would, or even John would, that they're, you know, resting peacefully in heaven and heaven. And, um, you know, to them, it's an absence and that absence is great in their life. So, you know, as we wrap this up, I just, you know, the encouragement that I'd like to offer to everybody is to just, you know, help each other through the grieving process um, and just be there for each other because, you know, it's, you can't do it alone. And it's definitely something that I think for individuals with disabilities, they need just a little bit more. And, you know, maybe through helping them, you're going to help yourself through your grieving process as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, we invite you to uh, visit patreon.com forward slash support sibs. You'll be able to, uh, we have our Facebook page linked up there. We have a direct download page to the podcast itself. You can subscribe through Apple, Spotify. We would love it if you subscribed, shared it with everyone, and we would graciously accept any subscriptions that we can. Again, the goal of this is not money in our pockets, but to use that money in a way that is going to give back and support our cause of uh, supporting siblings. And with that, I'm going to introduce a new segment, which I have so much of this. I think we have enough (laughs) for, uh, gosh, a year's worth of episodes. But this is, uh, we're going to give this a run. This possibly will end up as a bonus if you become a subscriber. Um, But on this episode, we are just going to roll with it. And it is called Laura's Laughing Fits. Oh, and, uh, God. <laughs> and this is what makes our family so great. Laura, you just will have a moment of sheer laughter, and all it does is it affects everyone around you. And unfortunately, <laughs> I and ended up having to... I'm crazy to, now. <laughs> I had to get some... I had to get, uh, well, similar to hockey gear, because for some oh, reason, <laughs> when you were losing it... Um, you wanted to inflict pain on the one that was closest to you. And that would be accomplished by pinching, twisting, pulling of skin. So pay attention. This is uh, my sister, Laura, laughing behind oh, end off with her daughter, Katie. And uh, pay attention at about 30 seconds. Katie goes, ow. <laughs> Here it is. Laura's laughing. This is how we're going to wrap up the segment. <laughs> Katie, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna think Katie, I'm come psycho. On. Let him live. Come on. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Did, did you oh, hear that? God. Oh god. <laughs> Katie, come on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> It could be absolutely nothing that sets me off, or it could be something that happened two weeks ago. That's what's so it. great about it. That is what. And then so all of a sudden, I just it. start laughing, and you know, then the kids grab their phones and start recording, and well, it's awesome. My favorite is when you're slapping the table. <laughs> Remember, the funniest <laughs> one was the, the funniest one was when I was laughing. My I, I just was in the middle of Target. And I am in the midst of an absolute laughing fit. 
and Katie is recording the whole thing, and I am like desperately trying not to uh, lose it in public. And I was doing everything I could to control it. And then when we got out in the car, Katie, I just lost it. And well, Katie recorded the whole thing, and I think she lost that one. Yeah, I I, we were digging for it. Oh, God bless you all. Thank you so much. We always want to wrap it on a la- uh, uh, wrap these up on a laugh because uh, laughter gives you strength. Our parents were amazing at it. So God bless you. Make sure you uh, reach out to us if you'd like to contact us at a not so typical, a not so typical at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Supporting Siblings. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a not so typical at gmail.com or visit supportingsibs.transistor.fm and connect with us on all our socials.